0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, February 4th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. We asked the Mayor for her thoughts on the Premier's announcement Thursday evening that the province will outline a plan to ease COVID-19 restrictions next week, as well as what was behind the departure of her Chief of Staff Stephen Carter earlier this
1: week. Then we head stateside for an update on the stories making headlines south of the border. This week, a look at the U.S. operation that led to the death of the leader of ISIS in Syria on Thursday and the current state of COVID-19 in the U.S., where deaths now total over 900,000. We get the latest from Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington correspondent.
0: It's been a real roller coaster ride in the Calgary real estate market with record-breaking sales in 2021 and now record-low inventory. We catch up with realtor Justin Haver from Justin Haver & Associates for what you need to know if you're planning on buying or selling anytime soon.
1: And finally, just in time for the weekend, we catch up with Brett McGarry of The Couch Potatoes for the latest offerings in theaters and streaming, including the controversial Pam & Tommy series on Disney+. Disney Plus. After 100 days in office, Mayor Jyoti Gondek joins us, as she does every week, to look back at the first 100 days and look ahead to what work still needs to be done. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us once again. We'll look ahead to the next 100. I want a full forecast exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get there in a second and kind of reminisce. I still can't believe it's been 100 days. But first, let's talk about the, you know perhaps the biggest story uh, that came out yesterday, and that is Premier Jason Kenney saying, look for an announcement, ladies and gentlemen, next week on the removal of the REP, the Restriction Exemption Program. Uh, Still, again, details, uh, the announcement was that there will be an announcement. Your thoughts on whether or not we should remove the REP at this point, Mayor?
2: Well, I think there's a couple of things here. First off, municipalities in this province have been jolted around by decisions of this provincial government. And sometimes they have left it to us to make public health decisions. As a matter of fact, I remember the premier saying something about, you know, it's important for municipalities, depending on their size, to do the right thing for their citizens. Many turned around yesterday and said something about, you know, we want to strip municipalities of the ability to make their own independent decisions. I don't know what this government is going to do from minute to minute. And I think that's how most Albertans feel. There are the divides that we have seen for the two years of the pandemic. Some people want everything lifted. Some people are uncomfortable with that. I'm incredibly concerned that we continue to have what should be a partner not telling us anything about what they're doing. Like, I'm going to tune in to the press conference when you do to find out how we are going to serve our city.
0: Is that a difficult thing then? I mean, does it really kind of take away from how you and and your councillors are able to govern our city when there's no sort of back and forth and
2: and no kind
0: of program that, you know, you're, you're joining forces with the provincial government?
2: It's really tough, I have to tell you. We would be willing to sit down with them. We would have those conversations. I would love to see the data and the science that they are privy to that we simply don't have. I think it's incredibly significant that municipalities are missing from this conversation. We are just trying to do the right thing in the interest of our combined citizenry. So why are we not engaged at all?
1: Interesting. we kind of stakeholders in this province, you mm-hmm. would think. I want to switch gears and talk about, you know, yesterday's news was, of course, the REP and the announcement next week. I believe it was on Wednesday uh, that we've uh, heard that you have parted ways or the, the, the mayor's office parting ways with Chief of Staff Stephen Carter. Can you comment on the reasoning behind this departure and this change?
2: It would be inappropriate for me to comment on a personnel matter, so I don't have anything to say about that.
0: Will we at some point find out why? I won't be talking about it. Okay. All right, we'll leave that at that with you. I'm sure Thank we'll, and sure things will, you know, will will pop up here and there, and we'll hear a little bit more as the days go on. But uh, uh, let's move up to the hundred days in office. You and I chatted last week about that. That you know, you 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 said there were lots of things that were accomplished that you were happy about, but still things to do. So as you look forward, what do you are there? Are, you know, a couple handful of things that, that you and your council are really kind of focused in on making happen
2: yeah i mean i think this council has been really good about understanding the value of the downtown revitalization strategy so much so that we made an added commitment in our budget in november to um, increase the funds available in the incentive program for office to residential conversion and we are very interested in the proposals that are coming forward about how we make some of those vacancies into different types of spaces and we are seeing some of the success these things take time but when a company like Neo Financial occupies space in both the Edison Building and the historic Hudson's Bay Building, because they have faith in the tech sector in our city, that's a big sign. And so we are seeing more companies locating here, companies that are different than the ones we used to attract. And the leadership of those companies is incredibly diverse. We're seeing a lot of people who are born outside Canada, a lot of women who are taking up shop in Calgary because the opportunity exists. So it is a good news story.
1: All right. Uh, let's talk about the past week and a week and a half. So much news that has come down in the city, the province, and the nation. And we are expecting more freedom rallies this weekend. Uh, what are your opinions on the demonstrations we've seen over the last week uh, week or so?
2: Um, I am now at a loss to understand what people are protesting. Like down in Coots, are they protesting the ability for kids who live there to go to school? Are they protesting the beef industry? I don't know what they're protesting in I'm completely lost with this. Um, I'm also concerned that people who have the freedom to move around this country, drive their trucks, block our roads, are somehow arguing that they don't have freedom. So I'm at a loss as to what it is they're protesting and why they think this is the right way to do it. And
0: do you think that the province should be stepping in and being uh, far stronger with what's happening down in Coots particularly?
2: Absolutely. It's disrupting our economy. It is disrupting people's lives. There should be action taken. I don't know why the RCMP is not doing more. So, yes, people that should be acting are sitting by.
1: Interesting times for sure. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back to some normalcy sooner rather than later. We've said that for two years now. Yeah, the <laughs> same line continues. Thank you so much for your time this, this morning, Mayor. Have a great weekend.
2: Thank you. Have a great weekend. Take care.
1: That is Mayor Jyoti Gondek, uh, Mayor of Calgary, and joins us every Friday on the program. Yes, it's our weekly discussion of all things happening down south. Who tensions between the U.S. and Russia are remaining high as well. We've got news on a very interesting operation that took place yesterday in Syria with full details. We're joined by Jennifer Johnson, Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking the time with us this morning. Well, let's talk about the operation in Syria that took place yesterday that took out the leader of ISIS.
3: Well, that's right. Like 50 U.S. commandos were on the ground in Syria in a firefight. And uh, eventually the person they were going after, the ISIS leader, Abu Ibrahim al-Shashimi al Karazi. uh, was killed, actually committed suicide, uh, blew up himself, his wife, and two children. Um, But the mission was a success in that the person they were going after was killed or did die.
0: Jennifer, I thought it was interesting that uh, President Biden made it very clear that it was not American forces that blew up that building because there were women and children inside. And there's certainly been criticism of events that happened in the past, Right.
3: Right. So he did make that very clear. Sue, good morning. I didn't know you were with us, too. Yay. Um, He did make that very clear. There were women and children inside the building. And and the president made it clear that they used, uh, and John Kirby, the Pentagon spokesman yesterday, made it clear that they did use bullhorns, warning that there would be a firefight to try to get women and children out of that building. And um, 13 people did die. Six of them were children. Uh, But the president spoke mostly about what a success this was, what a safer place both the U.S. will be and its allies, and of course Syria will be without this terrorist alive.
1: Well, of course, that, you know, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, the folks uh, surrounding President Biden and top defense officials talking about the importance strategically of this move. Uh, But I'm wondering, big picture, Jennifer, the importance of something like this uh, for President Biden at this time uh, from the optics uh, globally as far as, you know, the U.S. isn't doing anything globally. Uh, why was this important?
3: Well, I think it's, as you pointed out, President President Biden needed a win, if you will. They, certainly the Afghanistan withdrawal was seen as a bit of a disaster um, on many levels. And the situation with Russia and Ukraine, uh, the president is trying to stay tough, but, you know, that. Who knows how that's going to play out? It's not looking great. So I think that in terms of foreign policy, he needed a win, and certainly that's how the White House has spun this. Of course, you know, it'll be a matter of minutes before another ISIS leader is put in place. That's how it works. But for now, um, you know, the president sees this as a a victory for his administration. And let's be clear, we're not that far off in the midterm elections. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been a great almost two years for the president or a year and a half for the president. Perhaps. No, a, actually, uh, only
2: said be a year. Yeah. Year.
0: <laughs> I know it <laughs> seems, what we're in. See, We've lost two years of our lives, haven't we? Yeah. Um, Jennifer, you know, it, uh, maybe another win as well for Biden with the um, exposing of the Russian plan to use fake video to create a pretext to invade Ukraine. This sounds like this is a crazy video game almost.
3: Yeah, that's, that was a weird story. I mean, that is a weird story that... Russia apparently has this video showing uh, destruction and deaths of Russians allegedly caused by Ukraine soldiers in an uh, alleged attack, and none of it's true. It's a fake propaganda video that they, I guess, are going to have on hand or want to roll out or had planned to roll out to show to Russian people uh, and to justify invading Ukraine. And so the U.S. has exposed that, and so, yes, I guess that is a win, as you said, Sue.
1: Let's uh, switch gears and talk about debt for a second here. And this is interesting. You know, I always feel guilty when I have a, a balance carrying over month to month on my credit card. This makes me feel better, Jennifer, <laughs> that the US, U.S. national debt topping $30 trillion years ahead of schedule, obviously due to pandemic spending and government borrowing. What is uh, – is there concern surrounding this? Does the average American care about something like this?
3: I think the average American is so used to the U.S. having just unbelievable amounts of debt and it just doesn't seem to really have any effect. But, I mean, it's $30 trillion. The U.S. has gone over the $30 trillion mark, which is a jaw-dropping number. And it is because the federal government, well, two things. The federal government has borrowed a ton of money to deal with the COVID pandemic. But also, as um, many economists have pointed out, there's been trillions and trillions of borrowing for no apparent reason, other than politicians have stopped, you know, trying to balance the budget, trying to pay the bills. And so they just keep borrowing and borrowing, and then all of a sudden this number hits $30 trillion. You know, the president's going to have a press conference later about the job numbers. He's going to be asked about this, and this, again, does not look good. I mean, inflation is, you know, is high in in this country and the federal reserve has signaled it might do something to try to curb inflation raise short term interest rates but <laughs>
0: trillion is a lot of money. That is a lot. And we're seeing not to that extent, but certainly similar stories here in Canada on all those points as well. Uh, Something else that's, um, you know, obviously front and center for us here in Canada, I'm not sure if it's making such a big deal in the U.S., but is the the trucker blockades that we are seeing in Ottawa and also one here in Alberta. And I, I heard that there's a U.S. truckers now organizing a convoy heading to Washington for a similar kind of movement. Are you hearing much about that?
2: That that's
3: really not getting a lot of play down here. Um, I know it's a big story up in Canada, but um, in terms of what's going on in Washington, it's you know it's it's more the January sixth commission, the COVID situation, inflation. Um, Donald Trump's still making headlines, but no, not that much about the trucker situation.
1: And how about uh, COVID? I mean, up here we're talking in Alberta of. The REP, Restrictions Exemption Program, being lifted. That means we do not need QR codes to go into restaurants anymore. And an announcement coming on that next week. How about the restrictions down in the states? Are there any anymore?
3: Um, there are. It depends on the state you're in. Um, and, like, for example, the county that I live in just, just um, got rid of the mask mandate. They uh, lifted that yesterday. Uh, because the numbers of COVID cases have declined in the Mid-Atlantic region um, and New England and and further south. But there's still a lot of cases. Actually, there's a ton of cases in the Midwest and some out west. I mean, the numbers are still, um, well, for example, overnight, we went over 900,000 deaths since the pandemic began. Um, there have been seventy six million cases of covid nineteen in the in the United States. That's in the past twenty four hours. but what what was startling to me when I read the numbers this morning was that there was over thirty seven hundred um, deaths overnight in the past twenty four hours. Wow.
0: Um,
3: and and so that, you know we're still at numbers that were that are over where we were with the delta variant peak. Um uh, even though people said the Omicron wasn't as deadly, it you know the numbers are are proving, otherwise. And so I, you know, and I woke up and read the numbers that we went over 900,000, over, you know, 76 million, 3,700 deaths. I mean, it's just mind boggling, but, you know, we still have people, about 25% of the population that refuses to get vaccinated and the boosters are, I mean, that's way below, I think, 40% people who have gotten the booster. So, you, you know, you're not going to change this reluctance at this point. Mm-hmm. And so to answer your question, you know, it depends on where you are. There are still some mandates, um, but most have been lifted. And, and for the most part, politicians don't want to play that game. They really don't. They want to just say, you know, it's here to stay and go live your life and hopefully you won't get it.
0: Right. Oh, well, thank you so much for the update. Always love chatting with you. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. Thanks, and Andy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington correspondent. The Calgary Real Estate Board says housing inventory was its lowest level last month as the industry continues its red-hot pace. Joining us with details this morning is Justin Haver, realtor with Justin Haver and Associates Remax First. Good morning, Justin.
4: Good morning, Sue and Andy. How are you guys this
0: morning? Excellent. Thank you. As I'm sure you are in this industry, it's nice that something is booming in the city of Calgary, and it sure is. So what exactly is going on with real estate right now? What's happening? What's the situation?
4: Oh, my God. It's like the Wild West out there. (laughs) As you guys have probably heard it in other news headlines. But, uh, you know, we are struggling with incredibly low inventory, and buyers are literally lining up down to the sidewalk. And uh, we have bidding wars left, right and center, especially on single family detached homes in the Calgary market.
1: Sue and I were talking about this off mic with was with, with such low inventory, Justin. You need a landing pad if you're gonna sell your place. So give us kind of a, a strategy that you suggest to clients because it's fine to sell my place and you you know, you raise your hands and pop that champagne bottle that you've sold it, but if you have no place to go, that's a problem.
4: Yeah, and you know what? That could be one of the challenges to why we have such low inventory because sellers may not know where their next home will be. So really what they need to do is uh, sit down with their real estate professional and put together a strategy, making sure that they have all their ducks in order with financing because, you know, if they are going to require any sort of financing, it is critical that they have everything in order there before they start to house hunt and as well as having a significant down payment or deposit available because in this market you really need to be prepared to act fast if you find that ideal property that you want to secure.
0: Justin, you kind of joked or alluded to lineups down the street for some houses when they go on the market. I feel like you're not really kidding about that.
4: No, that's reality. And, uh, you know, you put a property live in, on the MLS first thing in the morning, you start the marketing campaign. And uh, we used to be able to book one hour showing increments for a buyer to go through the property, take their time. Now these are 15 minute showing increments. And, you know, in some cases the homeowner may actually want to go out of town and check into a hotel just so that you can accommodate all the showings.
1: That's incredible. I I can't even believe it. So I'm wondering, you know, I'm I'm not going to ask you if you've ever seen anything like this in your career because I'm assuming the answer is no, you Mm. have not. But how long can we expect this sort of a situation to be with us in the Calgary market?
4: Well, you know, inventory is the challenge and, uh, you know, we're even seeing uh, the inventory challenges with the new builders as well and you know, with uh, lack of inventory, I think this will continue on for a while. Now there are Rumblings that there are going to be some interest rate hikes coming here this spring, which will damper the uh, consumers' purchasing power a bit. But uh, with all the activity and essentially the uh, caravans of people coming to Calgary from all over Canada to purchase, uh, I think it will continue on because there's a lot of people from the Ontario region that are cashing out from uh, that market and then they're coming here and they're putting in cash unconditional offers because that is the norm in that market.
0: So we can expect this to continue for a while. I mean, when you, when you talk about a plan, you, you really do need to have a realtor who knows what they're doing. What does that plan kind of look like? How, how, do you, how do you guys put something together to make sure that you're getting the right and, and best amount of money for someone?
4: Well, I think it all comes with setting proper expectations because, you know, in a typical market and a, and a buyer will want to obviously try to maximize what they're pre-approved for. So we need to set proper expectations. And if you're looking to, or let's say hypothetically you're pre-approved for 600000 you need to start looking at homes that are priced right around the 500000 mark because we're seeing property sell for $100,000, over asking price very frequently in this market. And uh, you really need to hone in on the area where you want to live in and uh, really strategize and be ready to act quickly. Your agent can also run out the door and do a virtual showing for you as well if you are tied up at work because uh, time is of the essence. And, uh, you know, there are several strategies that we're seeing in the marketplace where people are applying bully offers. Uh, which is basically someone putting in an offer before the set date and time that the seller has requested to review offers, and trying to persuade, you know, the seller to take an offer before the uh, the time that they have set to review all offers. Obviously, from a seller's perspective, they want to maximize their return on their investment, and there are several strategies that, you know, the listing agent has to apply here as well to ensure that the seller gets the most um, return on their investment. Mm -hmm.
1: Justin, I'm wondering what this means from a a seller's standpoint. I know, uh, you know, having sold houses in the past, not like you, but I mean as an individual (laughs) for my house on Mm -hmm. the market, you want to make sure that everything's done, you know, to to your best advantage. And a lot of times that might be doing a reno or putting money into the house. Do I have to even consider putting money into the house, like sprucing up a bathroom at this point, or is it not even worth it to put that extra money in because the market's so tight that you'll get a good look anyway?
4: Well, you always want to make sure that your property shows in its best possible light and condition. Now, if you're going to do any sort of renovations, the best bang for your buck will always be paint. Anything else, you may not necessarily get dollar for dollar back. So we will typically sit down with the homeowner and kind of go through the things for them to uh, to definitely take care of before he goes on market, basic maintenance things, because when a buyer goes through a property, if they see... You know something that requires to be done. They will typically double the price of that, and uh, it will obviously mean that they will offer less for your home.
0: Hot market for sure. Make sure if you're thinking of selling or if you're buying, you talk to a realtor and one that knows what they're talking about. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Justin Haver, realtor with Justin Haver and Associates, Remax. First, you can go online at justinhaver.com.
1: He was talking to a realtor a friend of mine earlier this week, and uh, they were telling me that the way it works out because it has to be so quick and you have to be ready that uh, one of the showings, he had them lined up in cars about 20 deep yeah. right in front and you go door to door to door. And so the realtors say, you're not, you, you aren't the chosen one. You are not the chosen one. You the-.
4: Isn't and, that and, nuts? And, and
1: how do you uh, pick? I, I was hearing uh, Tomasia de Silva on Global, uh, you know, on the, on, the, on the morning show talking about in one of her segments how, you know, you, you do sometimes have to take it without the home inspection. Yes. With no conditions. That's what's
0: happening right now. And uh, and be prepared for yeah. a bidding
1: war. And uh, some of the, some of the clients who did that were kind of caught with some issues for the house. Mhm. But the other option is not having a place to live. Like, it's it's so crazy.
0: It's really interesting. And I had been speaking with Justin about that. And he said, as he mentioned in that piece there when we were just chatting with him, that there are a lot of people moving from outside of Alberta now to our province because it's more affordable to live. It's beautiful. People who are priced out of the market, you know, Toronto and Vancouver, most people can't afford that. And if you can now do your job from home, as COVID has taught us most can, why would you want to live in cities like that when you could live here? That's yeah. why we're seeing he said there's a huge influx of people from Ontario coming to Alberta. That's who's snapping up these properties.
1: But I also really like Justin's point with the paint. Paint is a heck of a lot cheaper than redoing a full bathroom. yeah, particularly if it's going to be a bidding war anyway. you put you, you shell out, you know, 10, 15,000 dollars for a bathroom mm-hmm. when it's going to sell anyway. So uh, yeah, that's why you, you want to talk to a professional. You get the most bang for your buck, for sure, on both sides of the negotiation. You bet. Brett McGarry is our man in the know when it comes to entertaining things just in time for the weekend. Brett McGarry, of course, of the Couch Potatoes. Happy Friday to you, Brett. Hi there. How are you? Good, good. Looking uh, for our watch list, our to-do list when it comes to you know TV, uh, you know, all the things streaming and in theaters. Let's start with something that's very interesting to me, and, and Sue's got a, an interesting question surrounding it but Pam and Tommy it's almost like a Sid and Nancy a modern day version mm-hmm. because uh, you know this is not exactly your straightforward love story is it
5: no it's not it just debuted on Wednesday the first three episodes debuted on Disney plus and this is based on their infamous sex tape which was released unbeknownst to them and uh, but it also it focuses on their love story and how they came to be so here I'll just fire a clip. <laughs>
1: It's like we're seeing something we're not supposed to be
5: seeing.
1: Which is kind of what makes it so hard. If this thing ever got out.
4: Every second
3: that passes, this tape could be spreading.
5: Baby, we will get it back. So Lily James plays pamela anderson sebastian stan plays tommy lee in this eight episode miniseries seth rogan is the disgruntled carpenter uh named rand he's the one who leaked the tape so the first thing that you notice about this show is the unbelievable physical transformations that these actors mm-hmm. underwent like lily james is an english actor uh when i heard she was playing pamela anderson i thought what like
0: I- <laughs> yeah cuz she she really i mean Pam Anderson a voluptuous beautiful woman and not that you know Lily isn't but she well she ain't voluptuous let's just say that in real life
5: for sure and i was wondering like i was actually wondering did she have surgery mm-hmm. uh, but it turns out she's wearing a prosthetic chest and uh, Sebastian Stan is wearing a uh, prosthetic um Bottom shall we piece. say manha- manhood enhancement
0: <laughs> a cod uh. piece
5: <laughs> <laughs> and uh but it's it's unbelievable so this show should win every makeup uh, and costume mm. award that is available. But uh, it's great. The first three episodes were so so good. I I can't believe how much I enjoyed it. So it's super fun but it also humanizes both of them and uh, you kind of feel bad for them in spite of the fact that Tommy Lee is being portrayed as an absolute doofus. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far.
0: I've heard from a few people who've watched it also said it was really really good. I'm just curious how like the most non G-rated love story made it to- to Disney
5: Plus. Well, there are two things. Uh, so one, this is this show comes from Hulu in the United States. The second thing is Disney Plus has several channels inside it, and one of them is Star, which is. It's restricted content, so it's that's where the grown-ups go to play in the Disney Plus universe. So uh, kids are not supposed to be in that Star Channel. Gotcha. So
1: it does, I'm I know, sure it does. They'll,
0: not, no kid will ever find it and no. see it, I'm sure.
5: <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll never figure it out. But uh, yeah, it's great. It's super good.
1: <laughs> All right, now let's uh, move and switch gears to a sequel we didn't know we needed until now. Do we? Get ready to turn off
5: your brain, and it's time for pain. <laughs> Hello! Welcome to Jackass! Three, two, one! It's Jackass Forever, the fourth film about a bunch of idiots who perform dangerous stunts and pranks just for fun. It started out as a show on MTV back in 2000, and the first movie came out in 2002, the second in 2006, third in 2010, and now in 2022, we have this fourth movie. They shoot themselves out of cannons. They let snakes bite them in the face. Professional fighters hit them uh, downstairs. Somehow, these guys are all still alive, and as dumb as it sounds... These movies are fun. I saw the second one in theater and I can't believe how much I laughed. I think this is the kind of movie that needs to be seen at the very least with a group of friends or in a large crowd in a theater because you sort of feed off of each other's laughter. Because I did try to watch the second one again years later just by myself and I didn't really laugh all that much. So I think it's uh there's something fun oddly fun about watching these movies in a group setting if
0: you want to pay for that put your helmet on go to the theater jackass forever moonfall cancelled in canada we won't get that one quite yet if at all we'll talk to you about that another day brett thank you so much for joining us have a great weekend all right Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes.
1: Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast.
0: Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts.
1: And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 5.30 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.